Welcome to Radio Worldview. I'm August Tuckabee. The Radio Worldview podcast exists to teach students to live and think with a biblical worldview so that they can serve Christ and lead the culture. Tune in every week for perspectives on the arts, current events, and how to apply a biblical worldview to every aspect of reality. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you enjoy the show. Well, welcome back on the podcast, Bill. Good to have you again. Yes, good to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a changing of seasons. It's gotten down to 10 or 15 degrees here in Colorado the last few days. We got about four inches of snow yesterday. And along with that, we're in a new studio space. Yes, so if it's a winter wonderland and a new studio yeah. and a new set of questions that mm-hmm. our students have gone out and asked in the park across the street from Canyon City High School. That's right. Right. Yeah. So this will be our third installment of questions that we're doing. That's five questions your teacher doesn't want you to ask. And this will be focused on science. Is that right? Correct. Five questions your science teacher does not want you to ask. Mm-hmm. And question number one is, the law of biogenesis states that life only comes from life. The law of abiogenesis says life does not come from non-life. And yet, evolution states that life arose spontaneously from dead, non-living chemicals. Mm -hmm. Okay? So evolution breaks the law of biogenesis. Mm -hmm. Evolution breaks all kinds of laws. It's not good science. It's not even a good philosophy of science. At best, both creation and evolution are models. A model is an attempt to explain reality. Think of a model train. Or think of a oh, when when an architect designs a building, he usually builds a model of the building to show people what the actual building will appear to be. Mm-hmm. So, at best, these are models because they're not repeatable. Neither one of them are demonstrable or testable. They can't be falsifiable. Yeah. They're beyond the scope of science. Right. Sometimes we give science too much credit. Science is limited to the present. You do science right now, which then means you make predictions about the future and observations about the past. Right. So you're limited. Science is limited to right now. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, it is one way of knowing, but it is not the only way of knowing. You cannot prove scientifically that I was here five seconds ago. Now, you can prove I was here five seconds ago with an eyewitness account or videotape, Mm -hmm. but you can't test me, repeat me five seconds ago right now. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) So science is limited in its scope, and yet we have made the assumption that science is the all-knowing, all-way of knowing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and one thing that I tell students as well is that science is limited to observation. Yes. Right? You can't tie science into philosophy because that's not what it's designed to do. Right? Correct. It's not designed to tell you how you ought to live. It's just designed to tell you what is there or what's not. And Correct. And so if you're not able to observe what is there, then you can't extrapolate that very well into the future or the past. Yeah, right? so it's limited to the physical as yeah, well right. and to the present. Yeah. So, number one, uh, the law of biogenesis. Evolution breaks the law of biogenesis. And it is not a philosophy of science even. It is, evolution is more a model. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yet it is taught as fact 
in science classes. So these are the questions that you should ask a science teacher. Number one, the law of biogenesis states that life only comes from life. Evolution says life arose spontaneously from non-living dead chemicals. Which one is true, teach? Yeah, which okay. one is true. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is, what is the best demonstrable, repeatable, observable, testable piece of evidence that convinces you that evolution is true? Hmm. Now, there is none. <laughs> There's not a single piece of evidence that you can demonstrate, repeat, test, observe about evolution. Mm -hmm. Again, at best, it is merely an explanation of the past sure. and a prediction about the future, but you can't do any, you can't do evolution in science class. Right. Wouldn't the science teacher say, well, uh, it says so in the book, so that's what the truth is? That's what we know? Yeah, that's a false... smarter people than me have put it in there? Yeah, that's a false appeal to authority. Yeah. Okay. It's a logical fallacy. Yeah, it's a logical fallacy. Because you could say the same thing about the Bible mm -hmm. at that point. Right. Right. You say, well, well, this has been around thousands of years. It's been a lot longer than your textbook. Yeah. So why is your book better than mine? Right. Exactly. So you can, you can kind of go that direction if you want to. Yeah. Uh, the third question is, is evolution a science or a philosophy of science? And we've already dealt with that. At best, it is a philosophy of science. It's the way you look at science. Mm -hmm. Just because I wear a white lab coat, have a pocket protector with a bunch of pins in it, doesn't make me objective. No scientist is objective. Every scientist, every person comes to the table, comes to the evidence with a certain set of assumptions. Mm -hmm. I either assume evolution is true or I assume creation is true. I assume God is or God isn't. So I have a set of assumptions when I approach the evidence. People will say, just give me the facts. Mm -hmm. I believe it was Stephen Jay Gould who was the leading evolutionist until he died. And, um, he was a Harvard prof. He said that uh, every piece of evidence needs to be interpreted in light of theory. So it's not just the facts. It's the worldview that you bring to the facts. That's right. important. And that's what I was going to kind of add in there is just that that's what a worldview is, right? That's what a worldview is. It's your set of beliefs that you bring to any conversation, right, that are your predetermined, presupposed set of beliefs that you bring to any conversation. And so whenever you talk about science, if you have a naturalistic um Oh, uh, what is the word that you use all the time? Secular worldview, right? You use a naturalistic secular worldview, then that's going to determine how you look at the facts, okay? Right. As opposed to if you believe that there is a creator, we're here for a reason, that there's uh, there's an underlying or a meta narrative to our lives, then that's going to affect how it is as well, right? And you right. can see that at the cellular level, you can see it at the organism biological level. I mean, there's just a lot of there's a lot of facts out there. And so the, the theory that you bring, the worldview you bring, is going to affect that. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the worldview is like the pegs on a wall where you hang your, your jackets. Mm -hmm. The pegs are the worldview, and the facts you hang in those different pegs, you sort your facts mm -hmm. according to your worldview. Right. So the evolutionist and the creationist look at the same piece of evidence, and they draw mutually exclusive conclusions. Not because the evidence changes. It's because their their perspective on the evidence is different. Mm -hmm. So they see things differently. Yeah. Not, it's not just the facts. Yeah. 
And that's why uh, question number three or four is, is evolution a fact or a model? Again, we've already covered that. It's not a fact. There's not one single fact that you can bring to the table that is repeatable, testable, demonstrable, observable, that is a fact about evolution. Right. It is a set of assumptions about how things worked in the past and therefore how things will work in the future. Um, and then... The, so, and just to add on to that, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, um, evolution, you have to remember, is different than adaptation. Okay, that, that's a big point, is that some teachers will point to adaptations within species, right. and they'll say this is evidence of evolution. It's just on a very small scale. Well, that's not, that doesn't mm -hmm. translate, right? That doesn't translate to evolution being true. The fact that um, you know, deer look different based on what part of the U.S. they live in or what part of the world they live in, or the fact that... Um, yeah, well, you probably kind of think of some other well, ones, Well, I mean, you right? can look at dogs. Yeah. You've got all kinds of breeds of dogs. In fact, we breed dogs for certain characteristics. We do that with horses as well. Mm -hmm. You've got everything from miniature ponies to draft horses. Yeah. You've got everything from zebras to, you know, palominos. Mm -hmm. But they're all within a horse kind. You right. can only push the kind to certain limits before it breaks down. Right. You don't see what is called speciation. Mm -hmm. Okay, a dog, when you look in the fossil record, you find fossils of dogs, you find fossils of cats. Yeah. If evolution were true, you would see one turning into the other. Right. I guess you would find cogs <laughs> or dats. <laughs> yeah. And you don't find any and right. quite frankly dats dat, right? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Well, even in modern even in modern biology and um even in modern biology, if you try to push that kind too far, then and, and let's say, for example, a horse breeds with a, with a donkey, right. they get something that's sterile, right. right? Or a zebra, a horse breeds with a zebra, right. or something like that, right? You, those are even pretty similar, but then they become sterile. They can't reproduce. Right. So, you can only push it so far. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and so a dog is always a dog. A cat's always a cat. horse is always a horse, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, the horse's name is Mr. Ed, but that's, an, that's a reference to a TV show from the 60s. Yeah. So, oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember Mr. Ed. So evolution breaks all these laws. And the last law that evolution breaks is the second law of thermodynamics. Second law says that all systems go from the complex to the simple. In other words, left on their own, systems go from order to disorder. Unless there is the input of not just energy, but the intelligent use of energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could add energy to this room mm -hmm. and burn it down. Right. Okay. But what we've done is we've added the intelligent use of energy, and we've heated the room so that we're not sitting out in 10-degree weather. Mm -hmm. So any system left on its own without the input of intelligence and energy will go from order to disorder. The universe is a system. And so that is subject to the, what's called the law of entropy, or the second law of therm thermodynamics. The yeah. universe is winding down. All scientists recognize this. And some will say, well, we have the sun. And that's, that's energy that's being input into our system. Well, yes, but you just let the sun, without the intelligent use of the sun, and decay happens. Mm -hmm. 
And so right. evolution states, however, that we went from the simple to the complex. We went from disorder to order. Mm. Or as the Greeks put it, out of chaos arose order. Mm-hmm. That's evolution. Right. So this is nothing new. The, the model of evolution is nothing new. It is a godless system, and it's an attempt to explain the world around us without the input of an intelligent God. Right. So, and in doing so, in trying to explain that, it's breaking its own laws. Yes, is what you're what, exactly what this whole thing is. About. It breaks breaks the law of biogenesis, breaks the second law of therm, mm-hmm. thermodynamics, and and why does it matter? Okay, why does it matter? The Bible says that God made us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're unique. We're complex. It says that He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you from the time that you were conceived, and that is found in Psalms. And so would you rather consider yourself, this, this issue is a big deal, because would you rather consider yourself a random collection of chemicals, or would you rather consider yourself a creation intentionally made for a purpose right. and known by your Creator? We all want to be known. We all want to be famous. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to live forever, light up the sky like a flame. I'm going to live forever, see that you remember my name. We all want that. And yet we can't be known by everybody. We can't be known and famous. Even the most famous historical characters or celebrities cannot be known by everybody. Right. But we can be known by the Creator who made us. And He has designed us uniquely with a purpose to have fellowship with him forever. That's that's the importance of the creation model. But there is a purpose for everything. Otherwise, you can't even do science unless you hold to a creation model. Mm-hmm. Because if if everything is random, then every experiment would result in a different set of conclusions. Mm-hmm. Right. So, evolution breaks the law. The question that students need to ask science teachers is this. So teach, why don't we teach, why don't you teach both models of origins? Let us then scientifically test and then let us decide which model better fits the evidence. Right. That makes education come to life. If I just spoon feed one model over the other to the exclusion of the other, mm-hmm. I'm indoctrinating not educating. Right. But if I present both models which are contrary to each other, which are in conflict with each other, a naturalistic versus a supernaturalistic model, and I say, okay, students, you test these and see which one better fits the evidence. Right. Suddenly they have to choose and suddenly education comes to life. Right, because students are interested. Yes. Right, rather than being just thrown information. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you could also in today's world say, I identify as a creationist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which could be a new way of saying it, because then who's a teacher to tell you you're wrong? Right. Right? Just a thought. Yep. Should start that movement now. We, we should. Yeah. <laughs> identify as a e- Evolution is a pseudoscience, by the way. It's not, there's nothing scientific about it. Yeah. So, it's merely a, a model that is an attempt to explain reality. Evolution does one thing very well. It's not good science. It's not a good philosophy of science. But it does one thing extremely well. 
it gets rid of the need for a God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets rid of the need for the Creator. And that's the problem. Romans tells us that men f- have forgotten their Creator. Mm-hmm. It's not that men have forgotten God. They've forgotten their Creator. So we need to return to an understanding that education, that science education, flourishes when you recognize that there is a creator who put order into the universe which we can discover and then we can take what is around us, apply the laws of science and provide uh, benefit mm-hmm. and blessing to people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alright, well uh, again, if students want to reference this, they can find it on our, our podcast, but they can also find it on the blog on our website worldviewbridgeer.org um, and you can go to the resources tab, I believe, and go to our blog. And we have this, all these questions written out as well as answers to them. And I believe we're going to try to have our handout that we've been using for students to go and pass out at the local high school. If you want to download that for yourself or take a look at it, you can see it there. So sure. we want to create, with doing these five questions, we want to create a resource for you, for high school students, for parents, for churches, youth pastors, whoever, to um, to either go out and do evangelism or to just print it off yourself, take it into your classroom, and use it as a reference point to ask questions to your teachers. Right. And by the way, this even works for Christian teachers too, right? If you're part of a homeschool co-op and you want to um, cause a little ruckus, right, within the group, you can do the same thing. Yeah, because it's ask it's not wrong questions. to question authority. It depends on your heart attitude. Yeah, but questions make education flourish. Right. Right. All right. Anything else to add, Bill? No. Okay. Go, go out and, and ask your science teacher these five questions that they right. don't want you to ask. That's right. All right. Thanks so much. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for joining us. For more information about our Worldview Academy summer camps, go to worldview.org. And for more information about our gap year program for college freshman students, go to worldviewbridgeyear.com. Thanks again. Hope we'll see you soon.